Hey guys, you're listening to the Promise Church's message of the week. This week we have two messages. This message Jeffrey shares on the three P's of evangelism. We hope you enjoy this message. When I moved here a year and a half ago, I never imagined that I'd be standing on the stage preaching to you guys. But it's such an honor. And if you don't know me, uh, three years ago, four years ago, all I wanted to do was to be on stage. It was like an idol in my life. I thought I would be happy once I got on stage. And now I'm like, give the stage to someone else. I just want to look at Jesus. Can I get an amen? I, I want to talk to you guys about the three Ps of evangelism. Uh, but first, I want to let you know that we have the School of Evangelism coming up. It's in May. You got to be there. Myself, Scott McNamara, and Chris Donald will be there equipping you guys to be bold and to save souls. Does that sound good? Come on. I can barely see you, so I'm like looking over your heads right now. But how many of you guys know that to me there's no worse feeling than being asked to do something that I simply cannot do? Right? Like trying to do something and failing, it just like it gets under my skin to the point where if I lose at you in one-on-one basketball, we're going to play a hundred times until I win. And uh, when I was in, I, I, I lift weights, and, and I don't lift consistently, which is why I've been benching 180 pounds uh, my whole life, right? When I was in like 10th grade, I was benching 180, and now I'm still benching 180. But one time when I was at home, I, I, everyone was gone. My twin brother was gone. All my family was gone. I said, you know what? I can be the first one between me and my twin brother to lift 215 pounds. I'm going to do it at least once. So what did I do? I got on the bench press. I laid down. I, w I probably should have said a prayer, but I didn't. I lifted it. Wow, it came up in Jesus' name. Praise, praise the Lord. But I brought it down to my chest, and it wouldn't move. <laughs> I'm a miracle, right? I should have been dead. I should have been gone. I had to get enough strength just to put the bar above and slip it over my head. I dropped the bar like two inches from my head. It could have smashed me. Uh, and uh, I have swag now. But when I was in eighth grade, I didn't have any swag. And uh, I used to watch a show called The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Any fans? Come on. And in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Will Smith, he uses pickup lines. So what did I do? I tried using pickup lines. Some of the ones that I tried to use were this. Did it hurt? And then the lady responds, did what hurt? Oh, you know, when you fell from heaven. Because you must be an angel. Uh, another one that I used was, it's okay, just sit down and rest. I know your feet must hurt. And she would respond, why? Because you've been running through my mind all day. <laughs> some, of, this is, some of you guys, this is the first time you're, you're hearing a pickup line. And, and, and Will Smith, the, the funniest one I've probably ever heard, this is Will Smith in Fresh Prince. He said, yo, what's up, baby? Hurry up and write your number down before I don't want it no more. <laughs> I'm weak. I'm so weak. But the, the point is that, you know, Sometimes you don't actually have it in you. You haven't mastered it yet. You don't have what it takes to get the job done. And, and, and take, for example, Ralph, the circus director. You see, Ralph was a circus director in an undisclosed location. Let's just say it was Woodland. And he had a bunch of animals, and a lion got loose, but this lion was, was injured. 
but he was trying to get everyone's attention. So he, he yelled at the top of his voice, but yet no one would pay attention to him. Then all of a sudden it was like, not magic, that's the wrong word. It was like a miracle from heaven. Someone handed him a, a foreign technology called a megaphone. And then all of a sudden he had everyone's ear. When it comes to evangelism, the first point that I want to talk to you guys about is power. Say power. You, you see, imagine this. Imagine Joel, my bald-headed friend. You're going to get mentioned twice in the story, bro. Imagine that he wanted to get a fresh shave because, you know, he wanted it to be shiny. He wanted the anointing to, to just come straight off of his head. And imagine he sat down in, uh, in a barber's chair. He went to a new barber because his barber's on vacation. And uh, he just sat down and he just relaxed. Because when you go to the barber, you just want to chill out, right? He just kicks his head back, his, closes his eyes, but yet his intuition tells him something's not right. He looks to his left, he sees his barber ready to start shaving his head, and his barber has a butter knife and jelly in his hand. That's not a good combination. Nothing's going to get done there but hurt. And when it comes to preaching the gospel, we need to be equipped with the Holy Spirit. Come on. We need to stop preaching the gospel with dull knives and with jelly, and we need to be equipped with the Holy Spirit. What if I told you this? What if I told you that Jesus actually would say to you, don't preach the gospel yet. Wait. Some of you all are thinking that's blasphemy. Let me read, let me read to you from this. It's Acts 1.8, and it says this. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the end of the earth. Jesus says to some of you in this room, I see your zeal and I see your passion. But before you go out there, you need the Holy Spirit. Wait and I will fill you up. You see, the word power comes from the, the Greek word dunamis. And if you look at the word dunamis, it actually looks like dynamite. Dunamis means this. It means inherit power, power for performing miracles. And I will say one thing from my own personal testimony. I didn't see a physical miracle until I was filled with the precious Holy Spirit. And he's here for all of you today. If you ask, you will receive. In, in Acts 2, it says this. Acts 2, verses 2 through 4. And they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Say this, there's a flame for every name. If you are a believer in Christ, he has a divided tongue of fire that he wants to place on your life so that he can make you a witness in your workplace, when you go on vacation, when you go to the grocery store, no matter where you are, you will be a flaming witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen? Many people say to me, well, Jeffrey, you know, I just, I'm shy. I just, I don't really like to talk to strangers, you know. I just like to do good acts, and then, and then maybe they'll get saved that way. But another word for power in the Greek is moral excellence. When I saw this definition behind the word dun dunamis, I thought, what does moral excellence mean? 
Yeah, he helps me to live holy. Of course, that's the obvious one. But the Holy Spirit brought to my attention is that the Holy Spirit can override my personality. See, I'm new to most of you here. You've only known me the last year and a half, but I was a standoffish guy. The only time I would really become vocal was on the basketball court. Like, if I didn't know you, I really didn't want to know you, right? Amen. But the Holy Spirit, through his moral excellence, through his power, he overrid my personality. And now I'm a flaming witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can be too. It will look different than me, but you can also be a flaming witness. Come on. Before I go into the second point, I just want to, this, this is really where my heart is. Some of you guys know where I'm about to go, but I want to read you this quote from a dear friend. He says this, you will struggle to breathe quality air in the Christian life without this precious commodity. Each step of your Christian walk will feel like a hundred pound trot without this gravity defying, burden removing element. This is the second point. A.W. Pink says this, a Christian writer, he said, happy is the soul that has been awed by a view of God's majesty. And there was a young girl named Emily, and she lived in Bend, Oregon. And uh, she began to go outside and sit on her roof at night because she figured it's nice outside. Uh, I might as well go get some air instead of sitting in the house all day where it's stuffy and it smells like chitlins. If you know what chitlins are, you know what I'm feeling. Like, every, if you, who knows what chitlins are? Pig intestines. I mean, yeah, pig intestines. And uh, my family still cooks them every Christmas. They, they need the Lord. He needs to give them revelation. Why? Emily, she would go out on her roof, and she would sit, and she would just, just sit outside, just being a kid, right? And one night, she saw this majestic animal. She was so high up that the animal didn't see her, but she saw it, and she said, you know what? I'm going to come out here again tomorrow and see if I can't see this animal. Three months went by, and she was still doing the same thing. She was in love. She was in awe of the majesty of this animal. And one night, her mom came home after working a double at her work, and, and she was looking for her because she just wanted to hug her, but she realized She's not here. Where is she? She went in her room. She looked all around, and she saw that her window was open. So she, she, she went outside. She peeked her head through the window, and she saw Emily just sitting there, staring off into the distance. You see, Emily, what she had saw was a cougar. She was watching a cougar hunt for its food. Now, I live in Amboy, so the reason I'm thinking about cougars is because I live in Amboy. You feel me? But when her mom asked her, like, what made you come out here? Like, why, why are you coming out here every single day? She said, Mom, I, was, I saw this kitty, and every single night I've been waiting for it to come back. It's like my whole day is consumed in thinking about this kitty. All right, is your whole day consumed about thinking about the presence of the Lord? The second point that I want to talk to you about, the three P's of evangelism, the second one is his presence. Say presence. I believe that many Christians have lost their wonder of his presence. You see, when I first got saved back in 2011, I was skipping meals on my college campus, Murray State. We just got beat in the tournament. It's okay, though. You know, it's okay. I was skipping meals. I was telling everyone I knew, everyone I could about Jesus. And after about two years, something happened. I began to speak less and less about Jesus. You see, I had lost my awe of his presence. 
And this is the reason. God hides himself. God hides himself. I'm going off my notes. That's perfectly fine. You see, when you get saved, the Lord is doing all the work. He's saying, come, my child, I want to know you. But after you get two feet of your own and you begin to walk in this Christian thing, the Lord hides himself. And in 2 Chronicles 32, it says this. King Hezekiah had just overcome like a, a crazy war. He was having victory. And it says this, that the Lord left him to test all that was in his heart. And I want to speak to some of you today. You feel like, why is God so far away? It's not like it used to be. He's hiding himself. But the perfect thing about the Lord is he gives you the exact means, the exact definition of how to find him. Come on. I just, I just want to sit on that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I have a few signs. If you have lost your wonder, this might be you. This might describe you. You only sit in God's presence on Sunday morning. Communication between you and God is rare. And seeking him, is, seeking him regularly is not common, but rather it's a secondary issue of life. I can talk to you from these things, and I'm not talking down at you because I've been here. I'm bringing you up. I'm calling you up to fall back in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 2.4, Jesus says this. He says, I have this against you, that you have abandoned your first love. I have this against you, that you have abandoned your first love. If you want to seek the Lord, if you truly want to get into his presence, I encourage you, seek him first in the morning. Seek him first in the morning. There's something about putting everything aside and saying, Lord, I'm going to seek you first. I think it warms his heart. I think it warms his heart. Eric Gilmore is one of my favorite speakers, and, and he changed my life. And this is what he said. He said, Eden means pleasure. Man was made to live in the delight of fellowship with God. And from delight, he was to be filled with life that would enable him to exercise God's dominion in the earth. So the whole thing about the Garden of Eden is that it was pleasure. And Adam's only job was to tend the garden, protect the garden. Who's protecting your garden of pleasure? How diligent are you in keeping your heart unraveled in the mystery of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because evangelism comes from that. <laughs> you see, how many, uh, how many of you guys have seen the movie Black Panther? Oh, come on. That's a bigger turnout than I thought for Woodland. You know, I'm like. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> the, the Black Panther, like, that's one of my favorite movies. Especially the It's Challenge Day. We have her from the mountains. Like, my accent's horrible. But, like, when I first saw the Black Panther, you can ask Kevin, Verna, you can ask Luke, Cal, Joel, Aurora. I was telling everybody and a mama about Black Panther. I'm like, you haven't seen it yet? What's wrong with you? I've seen it three times in two days. Like, it's amazing. That was, like, seven months ago. I don't really talk about Black Panther anymore because I haven't seen it lately. 
Come on. If you see Jesus, you will talk about him. It's as simple as that. His presence will evoke you to open your mouth and speak. I, I wrote a poem uh, about the Lord's presence that he gave to me in a moment, and I just want this to bless you. This, is, uh, this poem is just called Your Presence. Your presence is a present in the present. Here and now, not now and later. Of all the pleasures I've tasted, there's none greater than being with you. Every morning there's fresh dew. You fill up my cup, up, 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 till I'm stuck and frozen in your sweetness and bleeding from the deep wounds of love's sickness. It's addicting. The clock in my head stops ticking, and for other things I stop wishing. For in your presence I realize you alone have the words of eternal life. His presence is the answer. So I just want to give you one tip, 15 words to recover your wonder. And I want you to write this down. I want every person with the phone, every, every person with the notepad, write these 15 words down because they will change your life if you apply them. Here they are. Get alone with God in solitude and silence. Wait on him and he will meet you. I'm going to repeat it. Get alone with God in solitude and silence. Wait on him. He will meet you. Sonny, you're laughing because you know it's true. You know it's true. Come on, man. Eric Gilmore says this. The Trinity cannot be explained, but he can be eaten. The Trinity cannot be explained, but he can be eaten. The third point, the third P of evangelism that I want to talk to you about is purpose. Say purpose. Purpose. What is your purpose? Obviously, your purpose is to know the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that knowing him and knowing the Father who sent him, this is eternal life. To know him. Are you living? Do you know him? If you know him, he's going to give you a purpose. And this purpose is living on mission. Uh. The dictionary says this, the purpose is the reason for which something exists or is done or made or used. Jesus has three distinct uh, scriptures about his purpose, and it's it's this in Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. In 1 John 3.8, he says this, the Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Every scripture, everyone that I'm reading, that describes you as well. You were, just, you were made to destroy the works of the devil. You were made to heal the sick. But it all comes out of his, his presence. And it says this in Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons or daughters of God. Your purpose, to know him and to be led by him. To know him and to be led by him. In Spanish, it's, it's like this. Conocerlo y darlo a conocer. To know him and to make him known. I, I like laser tagging, um, but I'm trash. Like I always get like last place, last place because there's a whole bunch of little kids that just fit through all the nooks and the crannies and they always like sneak up on you. But what happens in laser tag is when you get shot, you have to go back to the base. 
you have to recharge. If I were to design a, a laser tag base, I would make it speak to the people who are recharging. And this is what I would have it say. Hey, bro, it's okay. Go back out there and shoot the, shoot the enemy. You know, go back, go back at it and get them, you know. I, I would also make the laser tag thing say this. Hey, bro, you can tie your shoe later, man. You're on a mission. There's limited time. Hurry up. And, and, and you see this, like, when you go back to Jesus, he's like that base in the laser tag example. He'll always encourage you, and he'll always remind you of your mission. There's been times I've been out in the grocery store, and the Lord has said to me, if you pray for that person, I will heal them. If. Peering into his pupils is where he provides you with purpose. Peering into his pupils is where he provides you with his purpose. If you lack purpose, I dare you to get along with God. I dare you to take time. Maybe you go home today, you, you tell your wife, you tell your husband, honey, I just need to be with the Lord. I need to, I need to recover my purpose. Because obviously we're all called to preach the gospel, but what is your purpose? How are you going to do it? What is he calling you to? And, and I want everyone to know that we as leaders, we don't want you to copy us. Like not everyone is going to preach the gospel like I preach the gospel. And I don't want you to. If the Lord wanted two Jeffries, he would have created two Jeffries. If the Lord wanted two Joes, he would have created two Joes. He wants you to be you because if you're not you, there's a piece of the divine puzzle that is conspicuously missing. Imagine this. Imagine in the year 2,500. How many years from that? <laughs> I'm trying to do math in my head. Like, how many years is that? Imagine in the year 2,500 that uh, I believe that there might be cyborgs. Well, for this example, I believe that there might be cyborgs on this earth. Luke is laughing because he knows exactly where I'm going. A cyborg is a mixture between a human and a robot. And uh, in this movie that came out, it's called Alita. Has, has anyone seen it? Alita Battle Angel. You guys need to see this movie. It is straight fire. Like, I wanted to get saved after I saw it. But Alita was this girl. If we can put up the slide of Alita, uh, the first one where she's broken. Alita was a girl who, she was broken and she was homeless. And this doctor found her in a dump yard. You see, the only thing she had was her head and her heart. That was it. Her whole body was devoured. And she met this surgeon, and what did this surgeon do? He gave her a whole new body. If we could switch to that second slide. He gave her a whole new body, and he also gave her this. He gave her a purpose. You see, Alita, her, her body, her the machinery that she was made of was an ancient, a foreign technology that was the strongest that had ever been invented. And she was an elite warrior. She was also known as a battle angel. But she didn't know this because she couldn't remember anything. <laughs> oh, Alita, what a great example. She's, look, she's examining herself like, wow, I am really valuable. This guy put me back together. But you know what? Alita received her power to destroy the enemy. She used to go into the dark alleys and she would beat up, uh, she would beat up the bad guys like Hulk and she would also like a, with the finesse of a champion salsa dancer. She was very unique. But check this out. Let's go to the last slide. 
Alita received both her purpose and her power in his presence. You will be the greatest evangelist when you are in his presence. Because out of what you've seen and what you've heard, you will tell the world. So if, if you're here today, why don't we all stand? I feel that the Lord wants to reestablish wonder. He wants to reestablish passion and zeal. But there's one thing we must get. A public touch must be converted into a private kiss or else it didn't serve its purpose. There's many of you here that the Lord touched you today and he's saying, my son my daughter, come away with me. Eric Gilmore says this. He says, there is no hope for a man who will not come away. But I believe that today many of you are going to make the decision to come away with the Lord, to spend time with him, to be silent before him, to write in your notepad what the Lord is saying to you. So if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. If you want to take a fresh commitment to be with the Lord when no one else is watching, just raise your hand all over this place, and I'm going to pray for you, and I believe that a grace is going to be released over your life. Father, I thank you for every person here, God. I thank you, Lord, that you alone have the words of eternal life, God. And I pray, Lord, for your grace to be released to seek you, God. I pray that you would teach us to train our minds, God, that you would teach us to train our attentions, to focus them on you, God. Because you said that we would seek you and find you. When we search for you with all of our heart, God, help everyone here to search you with all of our heart. Because then you will make us your witnesses to all the earth. And the church said. Come on, can you just tell them good job? That was amazing. That was really good. I'm still thinking about his Black Panther comment. <laughs> oh, I got to re-listen to that message just to hear the jokes again. That was awesome. Well, I want to remind you guys that every single one of you here, every single one of you here should be telling people about Jesus. Do you realize that because Jesus is in you, qualified you, empowered you. You now are commissioned by God to tell people about him. No more excuses. No more hesitations. No more fear. Just the yes. And as you heard in the testimony earlier, what happens afterwards doesn't even matter. I can't control someone agreeing with me. I can't control whether they say yes to Jesus or not, but I can control my yes. And it begins with getting in the presence of God. And from there, go. From there, open your mouth. From there, shine. No more fear. No more fear. Some of y'all need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, no more fear. I will not be silent any longer. 
And you may be saying, well, that's, that's easy for you to say. I've shared this many times. I work a normal job. I, work in, I don't work at the church. I'm not here all day. I, I get to do exactly what I'm saying in a normal workplace. Some of you all need to do it at your job. You need to tell your boss that Jesus loves him. You need to look at your coworker who's hurting and ask if you can pray for him. It's easy to do it in the grocery store when you'll never see the person again. Will you do it to the person you're going to see tomorrow? I challenge you. Do not let fear hold you back any longer. Will you work your job as if it's unto the Lord, not as if it's unto your boss? Boy, that was an encouraging word. Whew, we all feel good about that. Hallelujah. Man, sorry, I just did a downer on that amazing message. All right. Whew, I feel great. All right, if you're visiting here, welcome. We've got a guest booth over there for you, and we want to make it up to you. No, I'm just kidding. We want to bless you and give you a great, great gift or two and just tell you how much we're thankful that you joined us here today. We've also got our prayer ministry team right over here. If you're a youth or a young adult, you need to be here Friday night. If you're a parent of a youth or young adult, you need to get them here. We've got our conference this weekend. It's going to be powerful. Get ready for next Sunday. The spillover will be crazy. So have a great rest of your week. We will see you next Sunday. God bless you all.